Welcome to the Sustaining Creativity Podcast. I'm your host, Mari Reesberg. Over the past several years, I've combined my degrees in acting and somatic psychology to share my sustaining creativity techniques with performers. And now I've decided to share it with a bigger audience that includes you. I believe we are all creative and this podcast is all about that. I'll be interviewing people from all backgrounds, ages, and creativity experiences to share just how creative we all are. Today, I'll be chatting with William Warren, illustrator, author, and entrepreneur. Please enjoy William Warren. Welcome to the Sustaining Creativity Podcast. Today, I am here with William Warren, illustrator, author, and entrepreneur. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited. I can't wait to talk about creativity and your experience in all the arenas of your life that it shows up. But before we get there, if you wouldn't mind taking a couple of minutes and letting our listeners know a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Of course. Well, I do love this topic. I am a creative at heart. I consider myself a creative first and a business person second. Um, and I'll, I'll give a little bit of background on that. I've always been an illustrator. I've always loved drawing. That was my mm -hmm. creative expression then and now. Um, have always loved car comics, cartoons, illustration, all that good stuff. So did that from a young, young age. And uh, now I'm actually running a business called The Sketch Effect. And uh, we are a visual communications company or a visual communications agency. And basically what that means is we use the principles of illustration. We use drawing, we use comics, we use cartoons uh, to communicate ideas and convey messages, mostly in a corporate context. So mm -hmm. we work with big brands, companies you've heard of like Delta, um, Chick-fil-A, Home Depot, and we essentially help make their their messages, their communication more understandable and actionable by using pictures and drawings and doodles and all sorts of fun stuff. So we do animation, we do uh, infographics, and we do a really unique service called graphic recording, which is essentially where an, an artist attends a corporate event like a leadership conference or trade show or brainstorming session, and they're in the room listening and then sketching out what they're hearing. So as people are having these important discussions, our artists are there in the room with their markers on, in a big canvas and they're drawing out the big ideas and the big takeaways. So when I, to, to finish my, my introduction, you know, I was an illustrator, co cartoonist, comic person as a, at a young age. And then now I'm where we're, my business applies those principles to help corporate leaders and teams uh, succeed in uh, the workplace. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I did take a peek at your website and I I love it. <laughs> and when I was reading through it, talking about how to zhuzh up your Zoom meetings, <laughs> I was right. like, oh, how fun is that? And I think probably very accessible and helpful for people who have been staring at a computer screen for exactly. hours on end. 2020 was quite an adventure for us. It began as extremely disruptive and terrifying when every corporate live event was canceled. And then all of a sudden these this thing called virtual meetings became a thing and everyone was on Zoom all day long for hours and hours and hours. And then we, so we were able to leverage that and carve out a unique niche by offering yeah. virtual sketching services 
which is essentially the same as our in-person sketching, but instead of an artist being physically present in the room, drawing with markers on a, on a big whiteboard, they were drawing uh, virtually on an iPad and streaming it to this, to the zoom screen. So that was an interesting uh, episode in our business career of taking that, crisis of 2020 and then able being able to turn it into something interesting but yeah zoom virtual meetings is still part of our our core products product mix Mm -hmm. also yeah for virtual events oh my gosh and so much creativity (laughs) to pivot like that and change how you do something to make it accessible in a new platform so exciting things (laughs) but when you think about being creative or creativity, what does it mean to you to be creative? It's a great question. I think that creativity is all about creating something new um, or different or a unique spin on it. And that could be applied in a corporate business context. That could be applied in a beautiful oil painting. That could be applied in um, in dance, in music, you know, I think creativity is just a mat is just, uh, the process of taking raw elements, rearranging them and creating something new. And I believe that that creativity becomes especially valuable when that new thing that you created solves, a solves a business problem, meets a need, provides pleasure, um, reduces pain, that's when the magic happens and creativity can then become a, a business as in my situation and many others, it can become a career. Um, that's in my opinion, the real magic when creativity combines with meeting a marketplace need and then mm-hmm. boom, there's more creativity in the world because people are demanding it and uh, everyone wins. I love that. Absolutely. Everyone wins more creativity in the world. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about kind of that transition of being an artist and then turning that into a a more corporate career right like, what was that journey it was an interesting journey so i uh back in my 20s uh i was pursuing the dream of being a full-time cartoonist i wanted to be the next mm-hmm. charles schultz or the next bill watterson or the next gary larson or you know all these comic strip great. I wanted to be up there in the pantheon of amazing cartoonists. And so uh, I worked hard to make a comic strip and I pitched it to syndicates. This is back in early to mid, mid 2000, early, like around 2008. And one after another that came back rejected. And it was always a nice note. Hey, we love your comic. It's great. Right now it's not a good fit. Or right now we don't have the resources to syndicate a new comic strip. Back in that time, this was before the heyday of the internet, before Instagram, before web comics. And yeah. so you had to go through these gatekeepers called syndicates to get a, a comic strip deal. And that was really discouraging. And that 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 sort of sent me off into this sort of wandering in the wilderness period of my life where I didn't know Ooh. what to do. And so I moved back home to Atlanta and went to art school because, I, again, I didn't know what to do. I'm like, I might as well get a degree, get a master's degree. So I went to Savannah College of Art and Design pursued a master's degree in illustration, thought maybe I could pivot and become a children's book illustrator or something. And uh, at the, around the same time, I also realized that I really love working with people. And for most artists, most illustrators, it can be a lonely career, which is great for a lot of people. You know, mm-hmm. you work in your studio, you work alone for long hours, you make something brilliant, and that is satisfying to you. I quickly realized in art school that I needed to be with people. I needed to be around people. I feed mm-hmm. off that energy. 
And so all of a sudden that career, the trajectory of being this sort of solo illustrator type didn't appeal to me so much. Mm -hmm. So I end up getting a part-time entry-level marketing job at a big corporate, a big company here in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, it was just, it was entry-level, it was part-time, but while I was in that role, I learned about business. I learned the basics of of having a good product, the basics of of leadership, mm-hmm. of marketing, of branding, all these business concepts that I had never really thought about. I never taken a business class, never really read a business book, never listened to business podcasts. Now I do all the time. I love it. Yeah. Um, and so while I was in that role, I still needed to be creative. So I started to inject creativity when and how I could into my day-to-day role. So for instance, if if uh, we were having a team meeting and there was a whiteboard in the room, I would hop up on the whiteboard, bust out some dry erase markers and doodle our notes, you know, visual note, visually note take uh, during that meeting. Or if I was delivering a presentation, I would illustrate my concepts, scan them in, put them into my PowerPoint deck. Or at a minimum, I would just sketch my notes during meetings in my own mm-hmm. personal notebook. And for me, this was just a creative outlet. This is just a way for me to inject some creativity in my day-to-day job, Mm -hmm. which did not involve drawing, did not involve sketching. And so (laughs) I was just trying to squeeze it in there. But what I realized is that people found value in what I was providing to those Mm -hmm. meetings. You Mm -hmm. know, they said, wow, William, that drawing you made on the whiteboard is really helping me grasp the ideas. It's really helping me understand the concept. They take pictures of it. They share it. You know, they print it out. It becomes a resource for for people. And Mm -hmm. so I just did that more and more organically. And the snowball just started rolling. And before long, people around the company were calling me like, hey, I know it's not your job, but can can you come over to our HR meeting and sketch our HR meeting? Can you come over to our supply chain session and help us visually diagram our supply chain? Um, Can you come make some drawings for my presentation? Mm -hmm. And so I realized that, there is a business opportunity here. People mm-hmm. are want this. This is adding value and I'm excited by it. So I decided to, oh, I took a couple of side jobs, did PTO, did the side hustle thing for about six months, mm-hmm. built up a couple of clients, a couple of, uh, you know, got some experience and mm-hmm. then decided it was time to leave my job. So that was about 10 years ago that I left that job and started the sketch effect and uh, we've grown every year ever since, and it's been a great ride. And um, like I said, it's it's all about taking creativity, but then leveraging it to solve a, a need in the marketplace. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What what a journey. And I love that it just kind of started by you doing something that you love doing, sketching and drawing and other people learned or were benefited by it that, you know that piece that they're gaining some something from. So right. that's amazing. I'm so curious. Oftentimes with people who have that creative career orienting, you know, all of the creativity goes into that. Are there, what are the things that you do not related to your career to kind of keep your own creativity high and vibrant. Well, that's a, that's quite a conundrum for a lot of creative professionals is, you know, Mm -hmm. we, 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 our creative thing is a passion of ours. And then we end up as grownups and we're, we're working, you know, we're getting paid to do that creative thing. And oftentimes that can suck the passion out of it. You know, that can Mm -hmm. make it, make it feel like work. And I'll be honest, there are times when, 
it drawing feels a little bit like a job because it is a job. I, I yeah. still love it, but it still feels like work. So going back to your question, you know, I always encourage creative people, especially creative professionals, people who are doing their creative thing for a living is to carve out time to um, get inspired and get creative in other areas of their life. So what does mm -hmm. that look like? One, it's pursuing adjacent creative um, interests. So I'm an illustrator. What would that look like for me? That would maybe be like picking up my guitar that I haven't played since college. Maybe mm -hmm. that's doing oil painting. You know, maybe that's, I don't know, building something. I don't know. I don't mm -hmm. know. Um, so that's one thing I always recommend is pursuing cr adjacent creative activities mm -hmm. and then funneling that creativity back into the main thing. Um, also, I always, I'm a big fan of just like inputs, lots and lots of inputs. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. books, podcasts, and I'm not talking about mindlessly scrolling on Instagram. Everyone wants to do that. And I don't know if yeah. that, how valuable that is. I'm talking about deliberate inputs. Yeah. Um, so I'm a big, I'm a big advocate of reading. You, you can see I'm, I got a massive bookshelf behind me. <laughs> yeah. Love reading books. And I recommend reading books across genres. You know, um, mm -hmm. you might say, I just love novels or I just love whatever. Try a history book, try a business mm -hmm. book, try, um, you know, historical fiction read a mm -hmm. comic book, you know, get a lot of inputs. And then, you know, once those inputs are inside your brain, then it just, the creativity just swirls and spirals out of that. I think a lot of people these days were, were too content with just the input of scrolling the TikTok or scrolling the Instagram. Yeah, And there can be value, value in that, but if it's only, if it's deliberate, I mean, the way mm -hmm. most of us are trained to, um, to, to do social media is just to passively consume Right. And I think creativity is an active thing. It's a, it's, it's a deliberate, it's intentional. So mm -hmm. the two, two things I would offer is just make sure you're pursuing create adjacent creative th uh, activities on the side. And then also can keep a steady feed of, of good, positive, intentional inputs mm -hmm. uh, feeding into your feeding into your, your creative person. Great reminders. And I love the adjacent creativity. I think that is really important that it doesn't have to be, oh, I have to now draw for my own pleasure, but like, no, I can go do other creative things like cooking or, you know, dance or something else that I, I also enjoy. That's just for yeah. me. It's not necessarily to be shared with other people or to be made public, like your creativity for your career is so. Right. Yes. And that's a great reminder. A lot of us creatives, we get conditioned to thinking that my creativity is only valuable if it's consumed by others. If others, right. you know, give us accolades or review it or give us feedback or praise us for it. But mm -hmm. there's value in just making something just for you. you the only, you're the only audience and it relieves the pressure. It allows it, 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 it leads to more freedom. It leads to more fulfillment because if you're only creating with your audience in mind, then mm. it's going to um, it's going to like tarnish the creative process. It's not yeah. going to ruin it because I believe making creativity for an end user or using creativity for an end user is great. Mm -hmm. uh, there's value in that, but there's also value in just making it for yourself. Totally. I think that's so important to keep your own creativity cup full by doing the things that bring you joy and finding inspiration from that. Speaking of inspiration, you strike me as someone who 
can find inspiration from a lot of things, but in your life today, who or what is inspiring you? Great question. I am inspired by a couple things. One is traveling. I love traveling. Whenever I, whenever I get to immerse myself in other cultures, see other cultures, art, language, mm-hmm. architecture, I get super inspired and I wish I could do more of it. Um, I got three little kids and so I don't get a ton <laughs> of discretionary time to travel these days, but yeah. I do squeeze it in from time to time. And I'm just super inspired by that. La- last year I went to uh, Columbia and oh, wow. did a street, a street art tour um, in this, wow. uh, this really interesting neighborhood um, outside of, or in Medellin, Colombia. And that was just so cool. Just seeing this, these awesome, these awesome uh, street artists doing their thing. So that was super inspiring to me. Um, mm. And I also love history. And so a lot of those mm. murals in that particular neighborhood were reflecting uh, different parts of Colombian history. So mm. really inspiring. Another uh, source of inspiration for me is I mentioned books. Mm-hmm. I love great novels, fantastic mm. novels. And um, last year, it took me three months to read it. But last year, I read the <laughs> book Les, Les Miserables. I'm not sure if you're, from, you're familiar. I know you have a background in theater and, and all that. So yeah. you probably know. The book's 1,200 pages. It's yeah. massive. No it's joke. A brick. It's a brick. <laughs> it could double as a self-defense uh, you know, weapon. <laughs> right. Um, but- for three months, I was engrossed in that. And I tell people it's kind of like the anti-TikTok. It, it's it mm. w- whereas like TikTok is and Instagram is all about the quick hit, you know, the the rapid yeah. fire. Uh reading a reading a big classic novel like Les Mis is the opposite of that. It it's a deep dive. You gotta focus on every word. You gotta really immerse yourself in the characters and the story. And um I was incredibly inspired by that and still am. I get goosebumps just thinking about it. Um, I love the show. I've seen the show lots of times, but this is the first time I'd read the the book. Okay. And then the third way I get inspired is by uh, getting out in nature, running, working Mm -hmm. out, um, Mm -hmm. being physical, moving around. Those are a couple of of quick, quick responses to that question. Yeah. No, I love it. I love like the three different, because they cover different arenas and finding inspiration from different places. And and it's that I think it's important that we have those different avenues of inspiration. So we're not just getting it from the scrolling through social media that we have reading or running or, you know, whatever else brings you that sense of Oh, now, you know, I get to take what I've just immersed myself in and turn it into something else, or it can inform the next thing that I'm doing in my job. Yeah, and it's amazing the breakthroughs that happen in those moments. Yeah. I mean, I remember, I remember, I feel like it was the last time back to Les Mis. I think the last time my wife and I saw it, I feel like I had, I had a great like business idea that just came into my brain in the middle of that show. (laughs) And it had nothing to do with, you know, I wasn't thinking about business. It's just that, there's just magic that happens when you're doing these inspirational activities. You're, you're, yeah. you're the, the synapses are are firing and the connections are made. It's kind of like similar to why great ideas come to you in the shower. Sometimes it's because yeah. you're not really thinking about anything and it just, it kind of opens up, it opens up the opportunity for inspiration and new ideas to come. Absolutely. It's, it's so great. What do they say? Like 85% of people get their best ideas while showering. Or bathing, doing some mundane task. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. 
Now, working with in the corporate world, I imagine you come across people who do not feel like they're creative, like all the creativity is for someone else. It's not for them. But how would you encourage those people to find creativity in their life? That's a great question. And we do get that a lot from our clients. In fact, we lead uh, we lead sketch workshops. A lot of our clients Ooh. will hire us and we'll come and we'll teach them the basics of visual thinking and the basics of visual note taking and how to use um, icons and color and different things. And there's always some in the room who are like, I'm not creative. I'm not an artist. Yeah. And I, I say, you know, I, I get that. I understand. But you were an artist once, you know, when you were a little kid, once upon a time, you were not intimidated to draw in front of other people. You were proud of your illustrations, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then at some point along your journey, someone told you you're not a good artist or you're not creative. And then that just, you know, snuffed the torch of creativity mm-hmm. in their lives. And so I always, rec- I always remind them of that, that we are born as visual thinkers, visual, you know, storytellers, we're born drawing, you know, before we can read and write, we can draw pictures. And so Mm -hmm. it's, it's part of our DNA. Um, And then I also encourage them sort of like we started out this interview with is that creativity doesn't mean you're necessarily you're a painter or you're a dancer or you're Mm -hmm. an illustrator, you're a musician. Creativity is just rearranging is taking inputs, raw materials, rearranging them and making something new. Mm-hmm. And especially in the corporate world, it's making something new that solves a problem. Yeah. And that adds adds value to people's lives. So I just encourage people to one, don't get, don't beat themselves up that they're not an artist or not creative. Everyone is creative and artistic in different ways. Mm-hmm. And that creativity manifests itself differently based on our our skills and abilities. Absolutely. I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. And it's I think it can be hard to, as adults, to start seeing where they might be creative separate from performing in visual arts. So I like that, you know, taking input information, rearranging it, regardless of what the information is. It could be numbers. It could be, you know, what did the operations systems and rearranging that and turning that could be a into, spreadsheet. Yeah. Could, could be a financial document. could be tax form. I mean, there's, there's, there's ways to inject creativity in all aspects of, of, uh, of life. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. This has been such a treat to chat with you. I have one last question. What does it feel like in your body to be creative? Wow. Cool question. What does it feel like in my body to be creative? It feels like I'm fulfilling my purpose. You know, it feels like I'm mm. I'm doing what I was made to do. Um, and that's a good feeling, you know. I not yeah. I don't know if everyone gets the point, but when I'm with a client and w- or with I'm with my team and we're creating something from nothing and we're providing value and we're meeting needs and we see them light up, we see them get excited. It, it just, it makes me feel like my, my purpose is being fulfilled. You know, mm. my, my talents are being leveraged. I'm doing what I was made to do. And that's a great feeling. That's just a, a very authentic, raw feeling. That doesn't, doesn't come all the time. Um, yeah. So I love it. That's how it feels for me. Ah, I love it. That's amazing. And so perfect for just like the words creating picture of what it feels like 
for you in your body to be creative. So I have a visual image. Thank you. Yes. Well, awesome. If people want to learn more about your business or the other magical things that you do in the world, how could they go about doing that? Sure. So if anyone wants to learn more about the sketch effect, we're online at the sketch effect.com. We're on Instagram at the sketch effect. Um, pretty active on LinkedIn as well. So look up our business. And the other thing that I'm really excited about, especially for creative audiences, is that I actually just wrote a book. Uh, it came out a few months ago. It's brand new. I'm super excited about it. It's called The Conquering Creative. And it's essentially a business book for creative people. So any creative person who wants to take his or her skills, passions, uh, talents, and then turn it into a sustainable career or a thriving business, this is the book for them. And it's it's not written like a typical business book. Mm-hmm. It's fully illustrated. It's fast to read. Um, chapters are short. It's arranged topically by theme. So if you want to read the chapter about hiring a team or the chapter about productization, then you can go to that chapter and, and read through it. And um, I'm really excited about it. I wrote the book for people like me from 10, 15 years ago, people who wanted to be a professional creative, but were intimidated by the business mm. side of things. Mm-hmm. And so this is my way of taking 10 years, 10, 10 years of lessons learned and condensing it into nine uh, chapters. So awesome. it's called the, it's called the conquering creative. If people want to learn more about it, um, the book is on Amazon. So if you search the conquering creative and my name, William Warren, it'll come up. But I also create a landing page called, uh, or it's theconqueringcreative.com. And so you go there and you can find a link to the book and other other blogs and resources and, and things like that. So perfect. Yeah. I will put all of that in show notes so people can easily click and find things. And thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I have thoroughly enjoyed this. Hey, I enjoy it too. This was great. I appreciate the opportunity to share. Thank you. listening to the Sustaining Creativity Podcast. We'd love to keep in touch, so follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We are at Sustaining Creativity. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Tag your friends and family so they can listen too. We love to hear from you, so leave your reviews, comments, and questions. Check out our website, sustainingcreativity.com, for upcoming offerings and creativity coaching. Tune in Tuesdays for our next episode. And remember, with creativity, anything's possible.